All right, let's get this started. Like the song says, my name is Michael Mullis, and I'm president of a company called Mortgage Teacher. And that's exactly what we care and try to do on this show is just, you know, teach different ways to save you interest on your mortgage. There's a lot of confusing, you know, terms and and even products and rates going up and down. And, and what is this stress test that we have to go through? So, you know, that's what we use this, sh- this show for. And, of course, we've always been helping out London and surrounding area. And um, according to the reviews in the last couple of years since, you know, we've been hit with this COVID that, of course, I really, really want to say thanks to everyone out there. We were able to adapt. Um, of course, being a brokerage, we were able to adapt quicker to the technology, um, supply everyone with online portals, for example, collecting documents, which really in turn made the banks really happy. Keep in mind, guys, we use all the same banks you do. We just sit down with an unbiased opinion and show you the difference of all of them. Um, with all clients, we kind of sit down and teach, you know, who we can work with and why everyone kind of has their own reasons. For example, you know, let's just kind of work with the big five banks here, you know, TD, Scotia, RBC, CIBC, BMO, right? They're the big five we see here in the city, but you know, a little bit, some banks are maybe we call nichier than others. RBC is fantastic for, you know, when you bank there and you have business there, they can work well with that. I find TD, they like to look at the properties a little bit more up north. So if we're looking for the cottage or, you know, the place on an island, boat access only. These are the type of properties that TD works a little bit better with. Uh, Just last week, we had a place up north on stilts, water access only. Kind of more like a three-season cottage. And, you know, maybe certain banks will look at that property a little bit more or less than another bank. Another example is what's happening around London and surrounding area is, you know, places with land. And we'll talk about that today, too. So Scotiabank sometimes looks a little bit more favorable towards, you know, if you have a house in 10 acres or is any of it worked? That's a big that's a big difference right there. Um, You know, do you have some wooded land? So a house and land, sometimes Scotiabank is a little bit more favorable to. Another example is up in the Collingwood area. Or even down in these London parts, we have what you call leased land. So it might be like a retirement community. We have Riverbend here in town. And what happens is you you live there, you don't, you know, you still own the land, but in a sense, it's leased land. CIBC works really well with those. I know right downtown at uh, Blue Mountain, CIBC works really well with some certain communities around the Collingwood area as far as retirement communities. So it's not that one bank, you know, We'll say yes or no, but other banks and services just kind of move these products quicker. So here at Mortgage Teacher, we're able to know the difference between all of those and help you find, you know, not just the very best product, but look at today's, the way it's working today, guys. Everybody's busy. So, you know, which one's more efficient? Who are you going to get it done quicker? Because I know the number one complaint I hear out there is just the wait time. Sometimes people send in a mortgage and, oh my gosh, they're not getting answers for, for months and months. That's that's crazy. You know, going going ahead, knowing what your numbers are going to be, you want to know as much as you can up front. And that's exactly what we do here at Mortgage Teacher. If you want to look us up, please do at mortgageteacher.com. Please, please, please you read the reviews. I mean, all the people that we're helping out are... Coming, you know, coming back and helping us out by writing these great reviews to help understand exactly how we're making a difference. 
Our services are typically pretty free because all the lenders kind of pay us for setting them up. So <clears throat> I think about that and it's like, wow, like, what do you mean I go to mortgage teacher for a mortgage? But, you know, I, like I've told you guys before on the show, this is just how banking and it's the trending and how it's changed. And let me go over what I'm talking about. I've mentioned before, I'm from Dorchester, so, you know, just around the corner. and I've been born and raised here, you know, fairly small town attitude. And really, look how banking has changed. When I grew up, my grandparents used to take their money into the bank, <clears throat> talk to the bank about investing. And the bank would say, well, you should invest here and invest there. They would go into the bank and they would get their car insurance all arranged. They would go into the bank and get their life insurance all arranged through the bank. So that was the place of contact for almost anything financially, you know, my grandparents. But now when you look at it, no one really goes into a branch to get auto insurance, do they? Hmm. If you do invest out there, good for you, because it's a great spot to be investing. Although another question on the market this week, but that's another show. <laughs> but if you went into the bank, not many people go into the bank and use the, you know, the branch to invest. A lot of people have a guy, they got a girl, they got a relative, they got a friend. It's a relationship. Someone you trust is usually who we use to invest money. Not too many these days are just going to the branch and taking their advice on where to invest. The same as the life insurance. Life insurance now is very much being written by someone you trust and invest with and, you know, you have a future relationship with. So I would agree. Yeah. Do you think those are assets? I would say your investment portfolio, your life insurance, your car insurance. These are all assets. These are positive things that hmm, we used to go to the bank branch for and we do not anymore. That's something to realize. And I think we can all agree on that one. Now, what about debts? Well, let's start with the smallest debt. That's a credit card. Do we go into our bank to get a credit card? Mm, not always all the time anymore. I, you know, I've been doing this in the business for over 20 years now. And I would tell, you know, first time home buyers, make sure you go into your bank, get a, you know, thousand dollar credit card, <coughs> excuse me, and start building your credit. But all of a sudden people come in with a Home Depot card. They come to me with a Costco card, 2% cash back. Heck, I saw a Toronto Maple Leafs bank card. So the point I'm getting at, we don't just get our credit cards through the branch anymore. Now we can get them outside sources. So if we're looking at debts, hmm, even the credit card, we don't get it from our bank. Well, what about the old car loan? This is the second biggest debt other than a mortgage that we would get. So we're just established. We don't use the banks for anything that's an asset that we build, really. We don't really use banks. Now, I'm not saying we don't use the bank. Sorry, we don't use their advice. Let me rephrase that. We don't use them for credit cards. And what about the car loan? Because I know in the 90s, I would go into, you know, my local bank. They would tell me, Michael, you can go look for $8,000. And I would pull out that old black and white auto trader and look for a car under $8,000. That's the way in high school, how we had to find our car loans and our cars. Now, not many people go into the branch. They go into a car dealership. The car dealership, you pick your car, the car dealership lays out, you know, three different loans. Even if it's a used car or a new car, the dealership is going to have a, a TD loan, a BMO loan, a, you know, maybe even a national bank loan. So these are the type of setups we have. We don't even use the branch for advice on our car loan anymore. Have you noticed that people over the last 10 or 15 years that switched? So if we don't use branches advice for anything why would we go in and use it for our biggest debt, our mortgage? 
Oh, yeah, that's why. Because then the bank makes a lot of money on that. Okay, I got that. So see where I'm going with this, folks? We don't, the bank, the mortgage is the last thing to leave the branch for advice. And people aren't really using the branches for advice because they might be a little biased, right? So that's just a, wow, this time goes by fast. But this is just to for us to identify how trending has happened and why you want to, this kind of makes sense to go and use a company like Mortgage Teacher to get mortgage advice. And then, of course, just like your car payment, if you bank at BMO all your stuff, but then you went and got a car loan from the dealership at TD, you don't care. It's just a payment coming out of your account. Folks, the mortgage is no different. It's just a payment coming out of your account. You bank where you want to bank. Like I tell a lot of people, really, for when it comes to choosing your bank, use them for banking. That's about all we use the banks for, banking. And even then, look what happened since COVID. I went to deposit a checkout at a branch out of town because mine was closed for COVID. And I waited in line for an entire hour. Definitely had more better things to do. I get to the front of the lineup and the gentleman says, Mr. Mullis, you didn't need to come in line today. You could have deposited your check over the phone. Now, okay, I'm sounding old. I knew that, but I didn't know I could do that for my business checks. So lo and behold, quote unquote, you don't need to be coming into this bank today. You could have done this from home. So even the banking is starting to be done, not from the branch, from home. So I'm just trying to identify, you know, how we get our information. And maybe, you know, some of us haven't really used any banking advice in a while. And I thought I'd help teach on how we're trending. So let's jump into this news break. I will be right back to talk about where rates have been going. What's the talk in mortgages? And you know, what to look forward to in 2022 and how to take advantage. So stay tuned. If you want to look us up, we're at mortgageteacher.com. We'll be back right after this news break. Ah, here we go again. Classic White Snake song. Definitely showing my age there, but my wife likes that old, that old hairspray music there. Loves that. Hair bands, hair bands. Sorry, hairspray, hair band. So anyway, if you're just tuning in, Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Michael Mullis, and I'm here teaching a program called Mortgage Teacher. Eh, it's exactly what we do. Teach you different ways to save interest on your mortgage. It seems to be a pretty hot topic. You know, everyone wanting to get into the housing market, so on and so forth. Now, if you have been tuning in the whole time, thank you very much for not, uh, do you say change that dial, hit that button? <laughs> so, what we were talking about before is just how banking is trending. And it's no surprise now that many people are taking, you know, getting their mortgage advice from an unbiased and, you know, building that relationship the way banking used to be. When we used to go in, it was a friend of a friend. Like I said, I'm from a small town. So the banker was a friend of mine. Or sorry, a friend of my mom's really. And I trusted her totally. She was at my, my place on the weekends. So she'd follow up on me. But then later when I went to pay my know, my business loan off and I went to get advice on that. She wasn't there anymore. She was promoted to another branch downtown London. Well, now I've lost my relationship. And if anything, that's the number one complaint I hear is it's too hard to maintain a relationship. And so that's speaking of which, you know, all the people that have been calling us here at Mortgage Teacher, you know, it's an ongoing relationship. Maybe we help you out with this mortgage now, but we're preparing you for what you're going to do two years down the road. Um, the person I just worked with yesterday actually is just redid their mortgage. They definitely know they're going to break that mortgage again in two to three years because they're going to get some equity out to put down on the cottage. So they're paying the house down really quick. We came up with a plan to pay the mortgage down really quick. And now they're going to use that equity in a couple years. So the type of mortgage I put them in, think about it. I didn't put them in something that they're going to inquire a big penalty down the road because, hey, folks, 
If you're doing a project in a five-year window, six years, it doesn't just matter the interest rate you're getting. Not when you go throw in like an $8,000 penalty, a $3,000 penalty. So these are the things right up front you got to calculate because, sorry, you might look at, oh, <clears throat> there's a 2.2 interest rate and that place over there is 2.6. I'll take 2.2. But then the 2.6, maybe there's a bigger penalty to break it. So you have $8,000 in the middle of your plan. Divide that 8000 amongst all the months and holy, maybe it was cheaper to take the 2.6. These are the type of numbers that we do here at Mortgage Teacher on your behalf. It's free anyway, folks. Now, one thing I want to get to, and I, I brought this up on another show before too, there seems to be a lot of confusion and a lot of pressure. Um, I don't I don't want to say that there's, you know, certain things in the media being put out that could, you know, cause fear, but let's just face it, some of the media write-ups we can't always trust. And I'm gonna. I want to go back in time. Let's go back through November, Christmas time, because we're just getting back into the swing of life right now. And with you know schools open up on the weekend, I want to bring this up because I don't necessarily agree with what the, everyone's saying about the mortgage market. And I think we can see the signs on the wall. So let's go through that. And this is just my opinion, folks. But let's just go over history a little bit. Now, first of all, I will be very upfront. Here in the London area, London and surrounding area, we are pretty safe. We have big indicators as far as where our market's going to go. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, let's just wait till the houses come down. There's no way they're going to keep going up. They'll be down next year. So I'm going to wait and buy next year. Whoa, you better be careful. Okay. Because there's the other side of that coin that I've told someone, Hey, why don't you wait a year? He was a friend of mine. <clears throat> he was going to be making more money. His credit was going to clean up a little bit. You know, it just gave him more time to get more of a down payment. So a year goes by close to a year. And he says, Michael, well, Thank you very much. That was pretty bad advice. I said, well, why? He said, well, I saved seven grand. Yes, I make more money at work. My job's more secure. My credit's even stronger. So everything you said is right, except the house I was looking at, it went up 40 grand and I only saved seven. So if I bought that house back when you told me, I would have actually profited more money because the market went up so fast. <clears throat> yep, I fail. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see that coming that the house was going to go up 70 grand in a year. Folks, we are looking at a hyper, hyper inflation, hyper inflation like we haven't seen before here in Canada. And I know a lot of the, the media says, well, we got to put the rates up. We got to put the rates up. We got to put these interest rates up to cool down this real estate market. That's different. This is a global inflation. Okay. This is due to shortages globally. So I don't, and a lot of other economists feel that, you know, putting the interest rates up here in Canada aren't necessarily going to slow down the housing market. In fact, it could cause a lot of more people that can't even afford these houses. So it could cause a big negative effect. So that's where they're really watching out. Now I want to identify because if you recall, go, if we go back in November, there was a lot of talks in the media. Let's just go COVID then. Uh, that, you know, Mr. Ford was announcing that, you know, the masks are going to come off and by March, this is done. If you go back in time, that was about mid-November that the media was taking on that. That, you know, this is going away and the market's going to start opening up again. Or that life is going to start opening up again. Now, coincidentally, that's when the bank media took it and said, oh, watch for seven increases of prime in the next two years or watch rates go up in the next couple of years. There was a lot of articles around the second and third week of November going into, you know, first, second week of December saying that rates are going to go up, rates are going to go up. But they were all going off the notion that we were going to start opening up more. Along, come, along comes Christmas. We get locked down, go backwards a couple steps. Aha, here come the slow leaky news media now. You start to see articles about, well, rates might have to go up in baby steps. 
Uh, Benjamin Taw was just mentioned. He's CIBC economist. He was mentioning that, you know, they got to be real careful putting prime up. Now, let's talk about interest rates. Let me identify the difference, first of all, okay? There are sort of three different interest rates you're supposed to pay attention to. One, the fixed rates. That's the most common one that everyone talks about. And here's what bugs me about the articles, folks. Rates are going up. Rates are going up. The rates are going up. But you can't say that because there's too many different rates to talk about. There's three different. Now I'm going to rip, rip them apart. One is the fixed rates. That's the most common call I get. What are your rates, Michael? What are the rates today? What are the rates? Well, we'll talk about that. So the most common rate is a five-year fixed rate. Now, when you call a bank, for example, Scotiabank, and you say, hey, what's your best five-year fixed? They don't have one five-year fixed anymore, folks. You're talking too long ago. They have like eight different five-year fixed. Is it insured? Is it uninsured? Um, is it, are you living in a rental place or no, this is for your house you live in. They have all different rates depending what you're doing. So first of all, it's a little different that way. Second of all, the five-year fixed rate. Yes, it's somewhere, it's still under 3%, but it might be the higher twos. That's a fixed rate. You get that rate, you have it for five years. We all know that. Then we have the variable rate. Now this one makes me laugh. A lot of older generation feel that, oh, I don't want to take the variable. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and it's at 10%. Folks, that cannot happen. There are federal meetings set well ahead of time. In fact, the next meeting isn't until April. We've all heard it on the news that we'll probably see an increase of a quarter percent. But our variable is at prime minus one. Somewhere around there, we're we're sitting down at like 1.4, 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6%. Think out, that's so much lower. Prime would have to meet and change four or five times it would have to go up just to catch your fixed rate. So I get a lot of people that want to be secure and, oh, I want to hold the rate quick before before rates go up. But meanwhile, some I got other people that understand the variable, are using it, and they're getting like $16,000 a head in a year taking advantage of the variable. So yeah, if Prime goes up a quarter and your payment goes up $25 a month, who cares when you're $16,000 a head? That is a good avenue to take. So don't be scared of the variable. Educate yourself on how you can use it. Because folks, I'm calling you out. I'm calling everybody out. Because everybody calls my office all day long. What's the lowest rates? What's the lowest rate? Is it a low rate right now? It is. It's the lowest rates in history, folks. You flip a coin, you have a good interest rate. Fixed, variable, they're good. You're not going to win or lose one or the other. Eh, Possibly. Maybe on a penalty on your fixed one or... Something like that. Now, here's the problem. Because my grandparents taught me how to shop for a mortgage. Go get the lowest rate, Michael. Okay, that's great, Grandma. Back when you had rates of 18%. My parents taught me to shop around for the lowest rate, but they were shopping like 65 7%, 8%. Guys, now we're sending our kids out to shop for the lowest rate. Meanwhile, it's one8 The lowest rates are here, so I need to call you out and we need to teach our kids, what are you doing while the rates are here? We need to start focusing on how much are we paying off per year? It's perfect timing. Your year-end mortgage statement is right around the corner. Why don't you get that year-end mortgage statement, bring it in the mortgage teacher, and we'll take a look. You should be paying well over 10 grand a year. But I see people coming in and they're like, oh, look how good my rate is, but you're only paying four grand off per year. 6,000 per year, 8,000 per year. It's time to focus on your results, people. While we have this money, while we have the low rates, while our house is going up in in value, good for us. 
All things are naturally growing for us, except for us. We need to change. We need to pay our mortgage down quicker while we're doing this. And these are the strategies we do here at Mortgage Teacher. Now, I'm running a little long. I better give this quick message. The last rate we talk about is the stress test. That rate might be moving and that might hit the news. Everyone in Canada has to qualify at 5.25%. It doesn't matter if you're getting 3% rate, 4%, 2%, 1%. Good for you if you get a 0% interest rate. The point I'm getting at, we all have to qualify at 5 anyway. So that's the standard we use to put you through your deal to understand your numbers. And then depending what outcome you get, and like I just mentioned, how much you're going to try to pay off in your mortgage. That's the big vocal point you want to do, guys. How much are you paying off? Again, I'm Michael Mullis from Mortgage Teacher. Sorry that went a little long, but there's some good information and a lot of people asking for that right now. So look us up at mortgageteacher.com. And folks, have a fantastic weekend. And remember, get that year-end mortgage st- statement. Run it by us. It's free. Let's focus on paying the rates there, the mortgages down as much as we can these days and build your equity. Signing off. Take care, folks.